is up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you here as always. Happy Friday to you. Happy weekend to you. Happy Easter to you if you celebrate that in your family. I'm excited to be back. I am feeling refreshed. I know I didn't give you guys a new episode last week. The last one was Islander, I think, on like the Friday before I ended up going on vacation. But um, I did go on vacation with the family, with my sister, my younger sister, uh, my only sister. She is my younger sister. And my stepdad, my mom, down in Florida. It was nice to get away for a little bit. Excuse me. Just hit the beach and... You know, enjoyed the sun, of course, with my uh, fair, uh, very, very Irish skin, I I got a little burnt, but it's cool. It was fun. I had a good time. It was nice to go down there and relax and get away from everything for a little bit. So um, I did not give you all a new episode last week because I was getting some R&R and spending some time with my family. But anyway, I'm back this week and I'm really excited to be back. Uh, Got a guy this week on the show that I've actually known for almost four years now, and we've kept in touch over the years. He does music and concert promotion locally for innovation concerts and also is a great musician in his own right, and that, of course, is Jeremy Fury of Jeremy and the Harlequins. This is a guy that's been in the local music scene where I'm from for a really long time, like over 15 years now. Back in the day when he was in high school, he was in the band Hearsay, T-A-O. Then he was in We Are the Fury about eight, nine years ago. Those guys got to do some touring, um, got to meet a lot of people from, from the punk and rock realm the New York Dolls being one of those bands. I mean, so so Jeremy has been um, a guy that's that's really been pretty seasoned as far as music goes and, and got a taste of what that was like to go on the road and, and get a deal, so to speak, and then to see that kind of come apart um, and, and then to go working behind the scenes as far as uh, concert promotion with Verso Group locally and Innovation Concerts. He's lived in L.A., he's in New York City now, and his latest band, Jeremy and the Harlequins, was just kind of birthed out of a jam session with his brother, and, and as you guys will hear in this conversation with Jeremy, he's a huge fan of 60s and 70s and 50s rock and roll, and that's what Jeremy and the Harlequins is. It's it's a throwback sound. It's it's really, it's cool, because it when you listen to it, it just kind of takes you back to a simpler time, and, and we talk about that a little bit. One of my all-time favorite movies is The Sandlot. I loved it as a kid. I still love it today. I think it holds up. You could show it to kids who, who were born in the 2000s, and I think they'd still think it's awesome. You know, if you had a 10-year-old kid that was born in, like, 2005, I still think it would would, would ring true with, with that kid and his buddies, because it's just a, a great old-time baseball movie. But anyway, I mean, that movie's time period, I believe, was the 60s. So there's a lot of that type of rock and roll in that movie. And when I think about The Sandlot, I often think about kind of just the those simpler days, you know. And, and actually, one of my favorite shows that they just added to Netflix is Magic City, which is set in like early 60s, late 50s Miami. And it's just, I don't know, I've always been fascinated with that period. I think if I had a time machine, I'd go back to either the 80s or the 50s. I'm a huge metalhead, so the 80s would have been awesome to see Metallica in their prime and to see Ozzy and, you know, Anthrax and Megadeth and all these, you know, just 
Slayer, th- all these great thrash bands, Testament. I mean, it would it would have been awesome on that level, and then to also see sort of you know what became labeled as grunge in the, in the early '90s to see those bands. I you know if I had that knowledge, obviously I would have been out in Seattle seeing Soundgarden and Pearl Jam and Green River and you know all those bands, Mother Love Bone before all those bands before Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all those bands that I would have gone and seen all those guys. But anyway. Um, it was really cool to catch up with Jeremy. I haven't talked to him in a little while. Um, he still emails me about shows and about things that are coming up and actually shot me an email about Jeremy and the Harlequins, which I've been paying attention to from a distance, you know, when he had gotten it started and liked the Facebook page. And, and really, these guys are, are making a lot of noise, as I, I know I always like to say, but they really are. Their song, Trip Into the Light, was actually featured in Edge of Tomorrow, which is the summer blockbuster last year that featured Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And they've they've really just gotten a chance to play a lot of really cool shows in and around New York City, gotten to play with some some really cool artists. And and I think what's cool about this conversation, you guys, is you, you'll hear about Jeremy and the Harlequins, but you also kind of hear about um, about Jeremy and just his his musical influences and the trajectory of his of his career, really, because from Hearsay TAO to We Are the Fury, the New Romans, and now Jeremy and the Harlequins. I mean, Jeremy has really kind of spread things out across the musical spectrum, and there's always those little nuggets that kind of link everything that he's done. But he talks about his different influences, and he talks about kind of how he he got to where he is now with, with Jeremy and the Harlequins. Their debut album, American Dreamer, is available on iTunes. It came out in February, if my memory serves me right. They fil- or uh, they filmed it. <laughs> See what happens when you take a break. They recorded it at Temper Mill Studios in the Detroit area, which a lot of uh, a lot of people over the years have 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 uh, recorded there, like the White Stripes, Loretta Lynn, John Hyatt, Kid Rock. I mean, it's a really cool studio. They did a lot of analog work on this record, and, and it's just generating a lot of buzz, man. CMJ, Wall Street Journal, Pace Magazine, USA Today. The video for Trip Into the Light on YouTube has well over 100,000 views. So it was really cool to catch up with Jeremy, and I'm, I'm really cool to see that his latest endeavor with Jeremy and the Harlequins is, uh, is making a lot of noise. And if you're in the U.K., to all the U.K. listeners that check out this podcast, they're actually going to be playing some shows over there in April. So without further ado... I'm going to shut up and give you my conversation with Jeremy Fury of Jeremy and the Harlequins. Here it is. Well, it's good to catch up with you, Jeremy. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been a, it's been a, a pretty pretty interesting couple of years since you guys got this thing going uh, with, with Jeremy and the Harlequins and one of the first things I wanted to ask you was just what inspired this this throwback sound when when you and your brother first got together a couple of years ago. Um, I think there's a few few different uh, reasons for it. Um, you know, we've I've I've always kind of been into more older rock and roll, and, and you know, so since you're from Toledo and familiar with uh, music that me and Steve have been making over the past. I don't know, seven years, eight years. Um, even the, the We Are the Fury stuff had a pretty strong element of like classic rock and roll to it, and had elements of uh, doo wop and and uh, pretty stripped down rock and roll. So I guess really the Harlequins, like our sound, wasn't 
just that we we stripped down everything as much as we could to to its basic essence. So the song just kind of um, shines through, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really just like uh, the most stripped down production wise uh, sounding stuff that I think I've ever done. Yeah, and I think I think what's been interesting about your path too musically is that you have experimented with the the different groups that you've been over the years from like way back in the day with Hearsay TAO and then We Are the Fury and Jeremy and the Harlequins. I mean, when you look back at uh at your time on the stage and just recording and stuff, was it was it a conscious effort from from the start to kind of just ebb and flow in terms of trying out different different things or was it always just something that was kind of a natural progression as far as where you were back then to where you are now? No, it wasn't. I mean, I, I can't say that like it was intentional from the get go. That you know, I, I didn't know 15 years ago where I'd be. I didn't even know six or seven years ago where I'd be, what I'd be writing or anything like that. Uh, I think the two biggest factors are one, you have to if you want to be a viable artist, you have to you have to change and evolve. Um, if you don't, you end up just becoming kind of a relic of that that era or that time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I've never kind of been one to just uh, not evolve. It, I think that's the, to, to stay relevant and to stay uh, exciting, not, not only for the listener, but for myself included. Like, I have to keep changing and evolving and, and writing something that feels right for the time. The other thing would be yeah, a lot of it has to do and had to do with the people that I was playing with. Like the, the guitarists that I'm playing with now play totally different guitar parts that, than, you know, the guitarists in, in my previous bands played. And so, when, and, and not only how they play, but what we're all kind of going for as a band uh, really changes the sound of something. So, if you have, so I mean, I, I write the songs and I sing the songs, but it, the guitar player's tone and is and the the bass player's bass lines, all that stuff changes the sound. So it really the, the sound of the band really can change depending on who who's in the band. So even you know some of these songs that we have, like um, on our new record American Dreamer, we actually played. Uh, a couple of those songs with We Are The Fury and they sound nothing the same just because that's not the sound we were going for and it's not the people in the band who are playing the lines that they're playing now. Yeah, and, and what was cool about listening to, to some of the stuff off American Dreamer that I liked is just, I mean, I, I'm just kind of in general, I've always liked sort of the 50s and the, the 60s era. I mean, there was just some, like, really cool cars, and it was just a simpler time. There's even a show on uh, on Netflix that just came out recently that used to be on Stars Network, and I was so geeked out when I saw that it was going to be on Netflix called Magic City about, like, late 50s, early 60s Miami. And and listening to these songs, and, and even my sister recently, um, I've noticed like on her Pandora when she'll listen to stuff, she she has like a a station with sort of that throwback type of sound, and it's just kind of more of a relaxing period. And you feel like when you're when you're listening to it, you're kind of stepping back into that era. Is what's what's that like as you as as a performer when you're on the stage? I mean, do you kind of 
feel yourself kind of you know being back in like a simpler time i mean when you play this stuff it just for me when i listen to it it just kind of it really brings that back um i don't know necessarily if i feel that way when i'm um you know i feel a lot of things when i'm playing music and and performing uh i think i'm kind of obsessed with uh nostalgia and and stuff like that and there's something about i i think what you're trying to say and and, and what i kind of feel there's something about uh music from that era and, and just the whole um culture and, and and everything that that was a bit more simple and i think part of it is that where we're at musically right now it there's so much stuff that is very produced and um very electronic and very complex also in its writing and not only in music but that kind of goes hand in hand with where we're at in you know in, in technology nowadays everything is so fast-paced and and something that's the most popular thing today might be totally discarded tomorrow so you don't have a sense of permanence for anything so i think maybe you know part of part of my attraction to it is that there's a sense of realness and permanence with something like like that era and that music from that time and it's just like classic songs and classic music from the 50s 60s and 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 early 70s for me it's just something that i you know i've grown up with and i don't foresee ever abandoning and for american dreamer you guys did that um all analog too right was was it the first time you had recorded like that just complete analog um we did some stuff digitally but it was mainly analog okay Um, and and it wasn't the first time we did it all uh basically analog um even some of the wheel of fury stuff that that was analog and digital so i was kind of familiar with it and i think the cool thing about it is you get a particular sound and not only in the recording it's just there's there's more limits to your options and sometimes the limits make for better music because you kind of have to make it work with what you have as opposed to in the digital realm you can do anything and smooth out anything and and manipulate anything very easily so you're more inclined to do it whereas you can still do those things uh, in the analog world but it just takes a lot more time so you end up working within that realm and uh, I think overall the result might seem less perfect in its technical aspects but I think all those imperfections are what gives the recording its uniqueness and character and for American Dreamer, what was that like as far as the the chemistry between you guys? Because I, I know it all came together pretty quick. I mean, when you've actually got into the studio, did things just kind of flow? Oh, definitely. It was one of the, the most um, effortless recording processes I've ever been a part of. And everything just clicked, which is why I think it, it worked. And... You know, like Patrick, who was uh, one of the guitar players in the band, I didn't know him until, let's see, about a day before 
uh, we started pre-production. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, it was a total opposite for me and my brother, who's TV play drums on the record, and Craig I've been playing with for a few years now, trying to get something going. So it, it was a combination of, I think, just everyone being on the same page and being really excited to make a record. And for you guys, too, to be at uh, at Temper Mill Studios, given the history there and just how close it is to, to our hometown of Toledo, I mean, how, how cool is that to get in there and, and work out those songs in, in a place like that? It was great. Um, I've always wanted to work there, and I've heard about it for for a, a long time. I never had the chance to. Uh, it was nice, you know, being so close to Toledo and, you know, we, we were staying in Toledo when we were recording, so we would drive back every night. Um, I live in New York now, so one of the, the, the coolest things about a studio like that is, you know, there's more space in, in Detroit and Ohio and stuff like that. So studios are, are able to exist without maybe having to have as much work in them. So like here, to get into a studio of that caliber in New York, you have to book it a few months in advance. It's way more expensive. And um, a lot of those studios are disappearing here in New York. Whereas in, in Michigan, you know, we called them up a week beforehand and said, do you have any time? We'd want to make a record. And they're like, oh, we have two days this weekend. All right, great, let's book it. And that was that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You know, and and I think um, I think what's cool too is is you know the fi- the finished product, like you said. I mean, it the the songs are just there. There's like a certain ambiance with that too. And I know um, you guys have been working with with Matt from uh, Heavy Trash and Speedball Baby for that for like the mixing and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. What was it like? Um, working with him as far as um getting getting the finished product for american dream route and um and I, some of the stuff i checked out on facebook are you guys recording with him again right now too yeah actually um we're just uh we just finished up like born in june so we're we're working on the second record right now with him and it's great working with him because he comes from i think the exact same music type of place that we're we're at and he kind of knows what we want before we even have to express it to him. So usually, like the first mixes that, that the first mix he does for any song is pretty close to what we want. So it's an easy process. Uh, I think it's good, you know, having someone who's on the same page and totally understands what you're trying to do and what you're trying to reference and, and where you're trying to go with it. You know it's it's cool too because um, to see what's happening with you guys because when I when I first met you like four years ago I was like a pup at that point that was like the first year I was really doing a lot of music features and stuff and I think we met at like Big B's Coffee or something and we were talking a lot about like we are the Fury because you guys at that time were doing another show in Toledo and you were talking a lot about kind of being in 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 you know bigger bands from Toledo and how that doesn't really matter you just got to kind of be the best at, at what you do. And it, it kind of seems like that's that's ringing true for for what you guys are doing right now. I mean, you've gotten press from like CMJ and Wall Street Journal and USA Today, and then had music in Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, for you, is it? I mean, what's obviously it's cool when that stuff happens, and and if you love music, you don't do it for for the praise. You just do it for the love of it. But 
what is that like to kind of, you know, I, I just thought that was funny when I was reading an old story that, that I had done with you a few years ago, getting ready for this, and you had kind of mentioned that about just being the best at what you're doing and just sticking to what you like, and it seems to be paying off for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you don't do it for that reason, you can find success, but I think it's limited. Um, everything, you know, whether it's, you know, a cool press piece that we get or or a song in a really cool movie or TV show. Like, these are all great things, but they're just one part of the puzzle. And, and the reason why they're great things is because it helps us get our music out to more people. And that's, that's kind of our goal. We're not just sitting in our bedrooms making music so we can look around the room and say, look at, look, look at how good we are, guys. You know, <laughs> it's, we're making music for people. And, uh, you know, if if we have a song in a movie or if we have a, a write-up in a publication, it's just one more chance that someone's going to see that or listen to that and say, what is that? I want to listen to that. And then we, you know, the more people we have listening to what we're doing, then the more music we can make. And it's just kind of like this ongoing circuit of, of you know, making music. So I think if you're doing it for, I'm not going to say the wrong reasons, because you know the, that's that's debatable. But if you're doing it for with with a more pure intention, I would say, then I think you'll always keep going because you're not so focused on the result. You're focused on doing the process, and in that, you continue to make it, and you get better at it, and you get more fans, and and you reach people with your music, and it's just you're able to keep going. In New York, I mean, obviously that's just such. I mean, it's the old quote: if you can, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But I mean, you guys have gotten the opportunity with, you know, Foxy Shazam, Guided by Voices, the Detroit Cobras. I saw that you guys actually played at the Bowery, right, in New York City. I mean, what's what's that been like yeah. there, and in, in in a place where there's so much happening all the time, and everything's so quick, and there's so many people making music. I mean, what what has it been like to just sort of cut your teeth out there? Because I know I know you've not only with Jeremy and the Harlequins, but you've been there for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, um, it, you know it's it's difficult, and and that's why they said you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Because you know, I would say New York and LA, and I've never lived in London, but I would say maybe that's another city uh, with a similar kind of thing. Um, there's so much going on that it's it's more difficult to reach people and have people check you out. Uh, is it, that's a good thing about Toledo. It's like if you're in a band and you're pretty good, you can get a pretty decent following um, just from that. But you know, out here in New York, if you you know that that's also one of the the really unique and cool aspects. You have to work harder at it. You have to you know really strive to bring people to your shows and strive to get on to the better shows um, because there's so much going on. It's like, you never know. It's like Paul McCartney might be playing a surprise show next door to where you're playing. Like just there's so much going on and, and uh, people, you know, are doing four or five things in a night. So, so that's a difficult thing on the, the best part of about being in a band in New York is that, you know, you have, so much access to to working with great people and playing shows with really cool bands. There's always something going on, and it kind of pushes you to 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 really do the best work that you can do. 
What's been the most re- rewarding part about you and or for you in this process, I should say, about um, just where you guys are at with Jeremy and the Harlequins and, and the music you're making and not only, you know, just, just with everything. I mean, what's what's been the coolest, the coolest part about it, about being in New York and, and kind of having this go where it's going right now? You know, I, I wouldn't say anything, you know, that we've got, and I don't know if there's like a specific placement or, 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 any, or a show or anything like that. I think the most rewarding thing is just being able to do it and play music again with, with people who are like-minded and, and excited to do it. And, you know, that's every, every show and every, you know, I try to appreciate every, every show that we have and everything that we get, but really it's just, we, uh, I just, I've always been like this. I just want to keep making music. Um, so I, I guess the best answer is, like, I don't know if I've, got, I've achieved or gotten to, to what I feel like. You know, anything I say now is like an achievement that I, I've made here. I, I don't think the one that I'm looking for is, has come yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and as far as the new stuff goes, is it is there? Um, are you guys trying to work on an EP right now, or is it just one of those things where you just you're trying to just make the new music whenever you can? Um, it's a little bit different than how we made American Dreamer because we're we're doing this in New York where we live, and it's. Uh, I mean, I guess it's going to become the next record. It, it we might put out a couple songs as like a seven inch or something like that. Um. But that's going to be a little ways off. Uh, when we did American Dreamer, it was like we had a week to make a record. So we were working, you know, 14 hours a day for four days and then spent a couple days in the studio. And we had to, by the end of the studio time, be done with it. And that was going to be that. Uh, this is a little bit more relaxed since we're recording in New York, um, you know, not too far from where we live. So we're just kind of pacing ourselves and you know, doing four or five songs at a time. And then we should probably have another record done by the end of the year, I think, or if not sooner. So what are the, the plans at this point for um, for just, like, the spring heading into the summer? I mean, are you guys trying to work on, on doing any touring or anything like that right now? Uh, yeah, we're definitely looking to tour. We're kind of, we can't announce anything yet, but we're possibly going to be touring very soon um and then you know if we're we have some shows we have some videos coming out pretty soon and then just writing and recording really if we're not on the road then we're writing and recording and if we're recording then uh we, we play less shows so the, the quieter we are the more we're working internally <laughs> so where where are you guys doing the new stuff with with matt right now That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, it was good. To, it was yeah. good to catch up with you, man. I'm I'm excited to uh, to hear the new stuff and to see what what happens for you guys in the next months, man.
whitey dighty there you have it that was jeremy fury of jeremy and the harlequins a lot of fun talking to him always love catching up with jeremy and and obviously i'm really proud just as a toledo native a guy that's from northwest ohio to see somebody else from northwest ohio chasing down their dreams and, and having a lot of success and that's that's really really cool you know and i think this seems to be an endeavor for Jeremy that's a lot of fun right now, not only because of, of the attention they're getting, like I said with the aforementioned USA Today, Wall Street Journal, CMJ, Pace Magazine, having a song and a huge summer blockbuster, all that cool stuff, but just the fact that they're really making the music that they want to make and people are really digging it. And obviously, I mean, that just, as you guys heard, gives them the opportunity to have more opportunities to to get their music out to more people. And that's really cool. So I'm glad that Jeremy took the time to catch up with me. It was nice talking to you, man. Hopefully I'll see you soon. And for those of you in the UK, remember as I teased right before I gave you the conversation, (laughs) Jeremy and the Harlequins is actually going to be in the UK here in uh, in a few, not even a few weeks, but really like a little over a week. They're going to be in Manchester on April 14th, Birmingham on April 15th, then they're going to be in London on the 16th, the 17th, and the 19th at a couple of different places. So if you're in London, they're going to be at the Cargo on the 16th, the Garage downstairs on the 17th, and the Distillery on the 19th. And then for all you New York City listeners, they will be um, back on April 29th, the studio at Webster Hall with the relationship in Gringo Star. And, and when they're in the UK, they're going to be with Planes. I hope I'm saying this right, Wolf. Uh, carousels and limousines, shaking bones. I know you're thinking wolf, but I mean it's spelled with with two f's and an e, so I don't want to butcher the name. But they're going to be with carousels and limousines, shaking bones, wolf planes. Um, so go go check them out. Make sure you go to their website at jeremyandtheharlequins.com. That's where you can check out all the tour dates. Follow these guys on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jeremy and the Harlequins to get some deets on what they've got going on. But for you UK listeners, man, uh, I appreciate you guys checking out the show. As you know, it's it's awesome to have people overseas checking out the podcast. Go see these guys. Go go see these guys. Support them. You know, if if, if you're into throwback type of sound, and even if you're not, man, just just go check it out because I really think that these guys did a great job with American Dreamer, and they're putting videos up on YouTube. I mean, it's just just a lot of really really cool stuff going on right now for Jeremy and the Harlequin. So check out American Dreamer too on iTunes. And remember, facebook.com forward slash Jeremy and the Harlequins and Jeremy and the Harlequins.com. When the story posts, I will also put up the link to the story that I did for Toledo Free Press when I talked to Jeremy. So if you guys want to check out the uh, the written the uh, written story, I will uh, put that link up as soon as it goes live on ToledoFreePress.com as well. And other than that, man, uh, like I said, I'm happy to be back. It was great to go on vacation and clear my head a little bit. Um, I thought about posting something, but I didn't want it to just be like, oh, hey, I'm down here on vacation. I mean, who really wants to listen to that? You know what I mean? Especially when there's people listening to this who are still trying to get through the the winter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm on a beach, you know? So it was good to go down there and clear my head and, and come back with, with just, a, just a clear mind, man. You know, I and I, I just... I love the water. I love the ocean. You know, if I'm lucky one day, maybe I'll have a house on a lake or something. We'll see. But it was cool to to go down and kind of decompress and relax a little bit. And, and I hope you guys are doing well in the new year, man. It's crazy. We've already got three months in the books. 
And uh, it, it's just it's nuts how fast time goes, especially as you get older. And I'm still young. I mean, I'm only 27, but it's just crazy how, how quickly time goes by, it seems like. So if you're out there and you're still listening to the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's It's been really cool to see you guys still checking out the show, even though I took a break for a little while at my previous job. And I, I really can't tell you guys how, how excited I am to really just be back doing the things that I love to do, this being one of them. It's it's really a lot of fun, and it's it's been really cool to, to see you guys continuing to check out the show. It's really humbling. So thank you so much. And remember, you can also, you know, whether you got here from iTunes, you know, please subscribe on iTunes. It gets a, gives the opportunity for, for the artists that are featured on here and the musicians that are featured on here to try to get their music out to more people. You know, I mean, obviously, on a personal level, it's cool if you guys subscribe, but really... You know, the more you subscribe or comment or rate the show, the higher up it ranks and the more people get to check stuff out like Jeremy and the Harlequins. So that would be cool, even though I don't like begging for attention because I'm not that type of dude. It would just be cool to really get more exposure to these artists because that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. Yes, I'm feeding a selfish need to do this because I love to do it, but it really is about sharing music with you guys, man. Truthfully, sharing music and sharing stories with you guys and hopefully inspiring you in your own life to really uh, – you know, to really go after your own dreams, whether it's music or otherwise. So check it out on iTunes, Podcast Addict as well. That's where I listen to all my favorite shows like More Stories, The Crab Feast, The Adam Carolla Show, uh, WTF with Mark Marin, Joe Rogan's podcast, Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler, Bill Simmons with Grant Land. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of, I mean, a lot of the big ones like that, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, they're all on there. The Jamie Josta show is great. Just listen to a, uh, a, a podcast he did with Mark Tremonti, who's, who's probably my, one of my all time favorite guitarists and, and seems like a really down to earth dude. So, uh, podcast addict, you can go check out Bauman's breakdown there and subscribe on podcast addict. And that's a good place to go. Cause like I said, I mean, all, all of my favorite shows are on there as well. And you always get the new episodes and everything synced right up with your phone. It's pretty cool. So thanks again, everybody. I'm really happy, man. I don't know if you can tell that <laughs> I'm excited. It was great talking to you, Jeremy. If you check this out, thanks again, man. Keep in touch. Really excited to see uh, what the future holds in store with Jeremy and the Harlequins. Really cool. And for those of you, once again, check out American Dreamer, the debut record from Jeremy and the Harlequins. Go follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jeremy and the Harlequins and check them out on jeremyandtheharlequins.com. There's, you know, pictures on there. There's contact info. There's, you know, their latest news, music video and of course the tour dates so for those of you once again in the uk definitely go check these guys out they're going to be in the uk from the 14th through the 19th this month in april go to jeremyandtheharlequins.com forward slash tour to check out those dates and hey man i really appreciate everybody who's checking out the show like i said i don't want to repeat myself over and over again but it truly is humbling and it's great to be doing this you guys so thank you so so much and remember you can also go to youtube.com type in bombs breakdown i've got all the past shows on there now all the way through all the latest ones that are still on the website so whether you want to listen to some old tropic bombs episodes which is the bumper music you hear on this podcast from my good buddies in tropic bombs um those are on there corn trivium non-point uh, Beaver Nelson, Surrender the Fall. I mean, there's 12 Stones. There's a lot of stuff on there. Chad Nicefield from Wilson. Wilson just did a, a 
big tour in the UK and Europe with hailstorm and nothing more. So I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on there, and uh, I hope you guys check that out too. If you want to check out some of those old episodes, if you are a new listener, or if you're an old listener and you just want to revisit some of those, you can go to YouTube.com and type in Bauman's Breakdown, and you will find them. So on that note, I want to say thank you again to Jeremy Fury. Definitely go check out Jeremy and the Harlequins music. Go see him on tour if you get the opportunity. For all you UK listeners, you will not regret it. And for all of you, I just want to say happy Easter to all of you. Even if you don't celebrate Easter, have a great weekend. And as always, keep the faith and be kind to one another.